0: hello everyone and welcome to rad chat so we're here at the oncology professional care conference 2022 and i'm joined by the amazing anna day who's going to talk about her career and also what she does as a physiotherapist so welcome thank you very much thank, thank you for, having for me on thank you so do you want to start by telling us about your kind of career pathway today
1: yeah yeah sure so um, my name is Nicola Day and I'm a clinical specialist physiotherapist in oncology rehabilitation and exercise at Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge which is all very much a a mouthful (laughs) Um, and I actually came into oncology via women's health so I was a women's health specialist um, to start off with. And then over the years, just developed more and more of a passion for, for oncology patients, started taking on the breast cancer caseload, that then merged onto the, the head and neck cancer caseload. And then because of being in women's health, all the, the gynaec cancers started getting pushed my way, as did the, the prostate cancers. And so ended up working, you know, an almost exclusively oncology-led led list really which is which was great which, which worked out brilliant for me so my master's is actually in rehabilitation but I managed to you know every module every essay managed to build in oncology into it somehow Mm -hmm. so uh, that's where the where the passion passion came from really Mm -hmm. so and I've just been fortunate so Addenbrook they are very supportive actually in terms of study leave and funding and I was just able to kind of pick up courses here and there I managed to go to the States to do my cancer exercise specialist qualification so that was great that
0: was uh, back
1: in 2009 which seems like a long time ago now.
0: Can I ask did you go and do it in the states because that's where it was available? Yeah or
1: yeah purely because of that there was you know 2009 the the evidence was was coming out and you know I was starting to write some of the essays for the masters about the implications of physical activity and exercise on on um, hormonally mediated cancers but there there wasn't can rehab there wasn't, you know, these, these specialist modules or, or even study days at, at that time, um, and the Rocky Mountain Cancer Rehabilitation Institute, which is based at the University of Northern Colorado, that was leading in terms of, um, you know, pushing out a lot of the research, but it was also training up other professionals, so very heavy with exercise physiologists, physical therapists. Um, other members of the MDT team really and um, yeah just jumped at the chance of to be able to go to go out there and it was a fantastic experience you know coming back to the UK come down with a bit of a bump because you realise that you can't put in place lots of things you've seen whilst you're out there because you know you're working in the NHS you're not working in, in private healthcare and you don't have those you know, um, resources to be able to have a physiotherapist for every single patient, to have an exercise physiologist um, with yeah. the with the patients. You know, we were talking earlier about about chemotherapy, and you know, it's fascinating out there. You got to see patients on exercise bikes whilst they were having their chemotherapy infusions. You know, you can't do that here in the UK. You haven't got the yeah, staffing. We've got
0: an amazing person here at Oncology Professional Care, Nick yep. grenfell Shaw, yes. who did exactly that. He yep. I know the Royal Marsden may have a bike. I can't remember where he did his treatment, but he did his chemotherapy all on a bike yeah. just to showcase it, but the evidence there is
1: incredible. Oh, yeah, And absolutely. that's been around for quite a long time, I you said. Yeah, it is. And, you know, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you know, we had an exercise bike in the chemotherapy unit with us, um, but it, you know, just g- gathered dust in the in the corner. You need people yeah. like Luke and um, Gemma, who's, you know, with the Move charity. You need people like that to be visibly seen on the bike. Yeah. You know, it's no good. us healthcare professionals doing it they you know other patients need to see their peers yeah. doing it and that is that's really important I think that you know you these cancer patients see other patients being physically active participating in in, in regular exercise I think that's that's really important.
0: So I think it's kind of that traditional viewpoint of cancer patients where again we talked about our previous guest Stephen Tower which Google oncology patients are always in a bed looking sad but actually with Google exercise for example everyone's happy doing yoga random stretching
1: definitely it's people's perception of what, uh, what a cancer patient should be and whether that's someone that they've seen on on Hollyoaks or you know <laughs> <laughs> or, or wherever they've yeah. got that that perception um you know and unfortunately friends and family do feed into that and we see that a lot time and the time again yeah. you know that the this this idea that rest is best that they should be taking it easy when they're on treatment yeah. is just it, it's
0: it's outdated and you I know, think you hear that from healthcare professionals oh, I know yeah. we've spoken about it on previous podcasts but you will typically find that you know you, even through some of the information leaflets that patients get if you feel tired then rest or yeah. you know take it easy and we know that that isn't evidence-based anymore no and actually the best thing to do for fatigue yeah. is exercise Absolutely. or physical physical activity there yeah. is a differentiation isn't there so as a physiotherapist yeah. can you explain <laughs> when we when we kind of talk to our patients what terminology should we be using because yeah It can get us into trouble, can't it, if we're trying to get Betty, who's (laughs) 85... Yeah. To do exercise. Absolutely, and I think that's a really,
1: you know, that can be a really daunting prospect. Um, so, you know, you do get patients who are complete exercise novices that are just, they, you know, they don't even own a pair of trainers or jogging bottoms. And so, you coming in and telling them to, to exercise yeah. is just so completely foreign to them. And, it, you know, they're not going to, to take that on board, really. Um, certainly, when I'm talking to patients, I like to talk about trying to reduce sedentary behaviours to, to start off with. So, trying to break up the time that they are sitting and they're static in a, in, in one position, um, trying to make sure that they're moving around maybe every 40 minutes or so and then they, they do try and do an activity for sort of at least five minutes. You know, that might be getting up and going to the toilet. Well, you know, go go and use the toilet upstairs rather yeah. than the other one that's that's downstairs or going making a cup of tea but you know whilst you're there doing some marching on the spot and doing some deep breathing, you know, even doing some pelvic floor exercises. This is my yeah. women's health hat coming back on. Oh, I'm um, gonna do now Any opportunity. You know, it doesn't matter, but just kind of breaking up that activity. And then you move into trying to encourage patients to be to be more physically active. And a lot of that is the the more common sense Advice that you'll you'll hear from people, so you know, walking up a moving escalator or walking up the stairs rather than taking a lift, or yeah. parking that little bit further away from the hospital. I mean, you might have to anyway, and, and walking in, or you know, all of those kind of um, uh, you know advice is given, but sometimes that is still quite difficult for the for the individual but I think if people realise that actually them being active around the house pottering around you know I don't like going on about housework that's very kind of 1950s (laughs) but yeah certainly doing some housework doing something in the garden something that's going to start making you feel like your body's responding you know getting a little bit warm a little bit sweaty starting to get your heart rate up a little bit starting to breathe a little bit deeper a little bit quicker all of those activities will start to build into what's physically active and then what what is exercise really and then we have the whole spiel about kind of moderate intensity exercise which again you know on 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 a one-to-one basis you can often find the the activity that's really going to float that patient's boat if you like and try and get them get them on board but a lot of it is, is education is you know moving away from this rest is best idea um, and telling them about these, the, you know, these benefits about being physically uh, physically active and participating exercise. You know, changing how they feel whilst they're on treatment. Actually, maybe it would be, uh, you know, being physically active might mean that you can have more of your treatment. That actually the dose doesn't need to be titrated down over over the cycles that maybe you will get to cycle six rather than having to have it stopped because of all the side effects Um, you know prehab we're going to talk a lot about that that tomorrow but trying to optimize yourself in preparation for that surgery so that you don't have those same sort of uh, post-operative complications and it does improve clinical outcomes um, sometimes you're saying that in black and white patients can be can be very useful and I think getting them at the the early point that you know that point close to diagnosis you, you know when you're talking about the theory of uh, behavioral change yeah. that is the teachable moment that's the time to get them on board and I think that's something that um not just physios but all AHPs need to get on board with now really because too often we're getting involved right at the end yeah, of, yeah. of treatment you know someone being referred to me a breast cancer patient at the end of their radiotherapy is, is too late they have missed out on that window of opportunity you know yes they're still going to have benefits in terms of preventing some of those long term complications potentially with their upper limb but there's so much more that they could have potentially been doing during treatment that um, unfortunately they will, have, they will have missed missed out on and I think that's still where there's quite a lot of inequality around around the country Really, do you think the we regions? focus
0: too much on showing the negative side then? Obviously, we know all this evidence, is, but we always say, oh, you'll get skin reaction or you get tiredness. Mm. fatigue. do we not maybe show in case enough that, well, actually, that could happen, yes, but you can still live a relatively normal life at the same time?
1: I think so I think so but it's difficult because you know patients they often say you know oh they never told me that yeah. I would get x y and z and you know, well they, they might have done but also it's that awareness that that patient's so overwhelmed with information at that yeah. point you know you can't get every single point
0: across um that's and maybe where the prehabilitation can, can be really helpful mm. because you're having those conversations about things that patients can actively do yeah. to make them fitter and healthier and I know we've um, worked quite a lot with Lisa Durant and, and the work that she does around prehabilitation within radiotherapy and yeah. some of the social prescribing and things that goes on um, at Taunton. But it's really interesting, essentially, to see how just having those conversations with patients yeah. and those that time mm-hmm. to talk to patients about activities can actually allow you an opportunity to talk about side effects or symptom management or you know socially how they're coping with having cancer Um, I think there's a much bigger picture isn't there in supporting patients yeah definitely I think
1: sometimes we don't always have the luxury of time yeah you know when we talk about all these you know ideals that we want (laughs) in terms of prehabilitation, but reality is they might have two or three weeks before surgery and there's just not enough time to get that patient in and do anything meaningful but actually if Covid's done anything for us it's really opened up the use of video consultations and us actually been able to see that patient um, you know <laughs> okay albeit via, via zoom or attend anywhere but in part that information and knowledge is is a a great thing is a great sort of boost to to a lot of our services really you know for us in adenbrooks we are a a tertiary referral center for a huge area you know most of east anglia and so those patients they wouldn't come over they wouldn't travel a couple of hours to come and see us for a 30-minute physio Appointment, but actually they are quite happy to take 30 minutes out of their day to have that chat, um, to at least have that that information. And actually, as um, so, I run something at Adam Brooks called React, which is. Again, it's another mouthful. That rehabilitation <laughs> and exercise during Adam Brooks' cancer treatments—that's so what React stands for—and um, we do a lot of um, education sessions for patients, which we've moved to online, um, and we're probably not going to move from that, to be honest. For, for that these sessions, is it accessible for anyone in the country? Uh, no, it is. It is just our Adam Brooks patients, right. certainly. Um, that for. For the breast, the gynae, um, the prostate, and the colorectal. Um, interestingly, we've just done a project with sarcoma patients, and that's so that's opened up to patients across the the cancer alliance right east of england um, and actually we are looking at um, a piece of work here with hbb also at, um, you know uh, pancreatic patients where the potential is for patients across the country to be able to access those resources um, but we do find that actually the group session can work very well in those in those situations i think people are again daunted by that initially they they you know they, they really want that one to one interaction but at when they're when they're receiving that information in the group setting and they you know they can see that they're they're not the only one in that position and they can bounce off ideas from other people that's that's really that's really useful and that's something that we've had to do because you know the numbers have been huge that have been coming through react and it was the only way that we could kind of triage and so we could see patient, patients patients yeah. um, within a reasonable time frame you know it's not acceptable for patients to wait four or five months before they have any sort of input from from us um, but now with the you know the introduction of these classes we can get some information to them they can have contact with us within sort of two or three weeks after referral which is which is really important still not quick enough for some patients yeah. um, but you know we're, we're working on it and, uh, so, yeah. So Nicola,
0: I'm just intrigued yep. to ask, so I've got some MSc Prehabilitation and Rehabilitation students okay, yep. who are currently looking at service design. Mm. What are your top tips for anyone in a situation looking at implementing a service or thinking about service design? that is <laughs> <a work. laughs> on the we, spot. That is. <laughs> a we could, do, we we could a do. do a podcast just on that we, couldn't we no we could no, no no <laughs> <laughs> no
1: that's fair enough. I mean I guess we so we have just um, as I said just done this sarcoma yeah. project um, and they are you know sarcoma patients are quite a complex Complex group; they have quite significant surgery, um, but there is the opportunity there potentially for for prehabilitation. Um, but it is trying to identify those patients that will benefit, and sometimes that's quite difficult to get hold of. You know, so right. you know, how are they going to get it? Are they going to get them? Um, are you going to rely on other people to refer those patients to you, or are you going to pick up those referrals from from the MDT lists? Yeah. Um, we have gone down the MDT lists for couple of our projects which works well but then you don't necessarily get the buy-in from the patient because you've suddenly made yeah. contact with them out, out of nowhere and so they then ask a lot of questions about well why do I need this but well, I haven't had surgery yet oh yeah that would be good once I've had surgery and you're like well, no 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 the is now that's where you'd benefit so I think um, you know how how are you going to get hold of those patients how are you going to sell prehab to them yeah um, before they actually come there in front of you. I think that's that's really
0: important as and well. Sometimes it's research suggests annoyingly yeah. that patients react better to an oncologist yes. talking about prehabilitation. But maybe yeah. it's just that conversation. Yeah. So it doesn't even need to go into detail necessarily, but to mention you may be contacted by someone yes. about yeah, prehabilitation. Absolutely. That could make a massive like door opening for that patient to go. Yeah. Oh, Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, I
1: completely agree. I would say with the majority of patients that come to React, they're it's, they're already sold on yeah. physical activity and exercise because of the conversations that they've had with the with the oncologists, with the specialist nurses. So that's that's half the work for you for you. You know, yeah. because I'm not having to kind of yeah. sell <laughs> it up and make it an <laughs> argument. They're already kind of on on board, and we go go from there really. Um, and other tips, I guess it's just you know, if you're going to set up prehab, you're not realistically going to be able to offer it all on site. What um, other resources can you tap tap into? Is that your local exercise referral scheme? great but can you expedite access to it for yeah. those for those prehabilitation patients um is it that you utilize some private healthcare programs like, like genesis or nuffield uh is it that you use a digital platform like safe which again there's going to be a talk about tomorrow so you know it's not one size fits all and you probably can't just offer one model it's going to have to be different yeah. different options really um so yeah i don't know if that that helps that's with perfect with, i'm, I'm, sure, those, I'm they sure lap it up thank you <laughs> i'll think of 10 other things as soon as i <laughs> as, soon as i finish this but yeah uh, thank you
0: so much
1: no that's all right thank you for having me